Previously on Life's Bought a Song. You know what? Let me know when you're done. We will probably do another episode real quick to be for to wrap up. To be like, okay, what did you think of the last five episodes? That we should we should call this cop uh, Matt Coplick cop rock cop rock episodes one through six. I will. You know what? I will, and then we'll come Great. back and do another episode of seven through eleven. Life's but a song, so you can sing along with a special guest star too. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Theme song, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is Matt Koplick. Everyone knew that was coming because this is part two. Part two. This is episode, well, probably we're going to talk more about the season, the series as a whole. But like, I mean, now that you finished it. Yeah, except John, you and I were just having a conversation before we started recording, you know, IRL. And I had informed John that I just watched for the very first time. I'm a very cultured, sophisticated gayman. I've seen many of the things. One of my blind spots, everyone, was bed knobs and broomsticks. I had never watched it, and I always thought it was a poor man's Mary Poppins. And I watched it for the first time last night, and I can tell you that I was right. And John and I had a nice conversation about it before we recorded. And now, listen, is that in my brain as we talk about the second half of the first season and only season of Cop Rock? Yes. Will I try to find connections to Angela Lansbury getting dicked down off screen by the dad and Mary Poppins? Possibly. We'll find we'll find ways. I'm just letting you all know that this is happening. This is going to happen. Much like you can mash up 80% of the score of Bed Knobs and Broomsticks with songs from Mary Poppins, this is happening. I like how this is your backdoor way of talking about Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Because it's on your mind. It's possible Angela Lansbury and the dad from Mary Poppins did backdoor too. Who's to say? <laughs> and it is the dad from Mary Poppins. It, he's it, older yes. and he's drunker. His face is shining red. But yeah. like... You are a hundred percent right. But so now that you finished Cop Rock, though, how do you feel? <laughs> um, you know, you were very accurate with your pitch on the second half of the season. I don't know why, though, when you told me about the finale and how uh-huh. they they like go to commercial and they come back from commercial, and it's the chief of police and his like number one man, right hand yes. man, and they're just like, "We got canceled." The fuck. I had a song. You got two songs. No, you no. Yeah, you had two songs. Yeah, and all. And then they just go. Well, it's not over till that fat lady sings. And then everyone comes in, and gets a little solo. And they're just like, "We're gonna come back someday, better than ever." Just you wait. It's almost like a threat. And they're like, "It's not over till the fat lady sings." And then they bring in a heavier woman in a what I can only describe as a glitter muumuu, and she sings. But I don't know why when you pitched it to me. Have you been to Disney World? It's been a while, but yes. Frontierland. They have the Country Bear Jamboree. I've heard of this, yes. It's a delightful show. There, Some of the things at Disney World, you think you're going to hate, and then you see it and you're like, oh, that was quite delightful. Um, <laughs> Country Bear Jamboree is one of them. And they have a soloist. When I say soloist, they're all, you know, robots. But one of the soloists, <laughs> she's, she's a heavier bear, and she comes down on a swing. And she just sings sort of like a very dainty song for a minute and then goes back up into the ceiling. And for some reason, I imagined Glitter Moo Moo from Cop Rock was going to be lowered down from the ceiling. And I was a little disappointed that she just sort of showed up. I was like, I'm sorry, where was her grand entrance? 
Right, but did, she did get lowered down from the ceiling. So are you I, saying I, that I, Country I, Bear Jamboree stole from Cop Rock? No, well, I, I did not see her get lowered down from the ceiling. Maybe I was just so clusterfucked from every... Because there was also it was a lot of camera movement. Like, that camera's jumping here and too. So it's possible in all of the hullabaloo, I missed her lowered down entrance. I just, like, I saw Anne-Marie Bobby belt in for one ver- for one line, and then all of a sudden I see, you know, Glitter Moo Moo. And I'm like, oh, I guess she's just here now. So I didn't see the end. I didn't see her lowered. So I should probably try to find that again but that's what you pitched that but like you're also just sideswiped because like you're watching this cop drama you know you've been watching for 11 uh 10 and three quarters episodes of this very like this wildly tonally yeah we're going with it uh show Cause like you know, it's musical. It's co- it's Law and Order. It's this. It's that. There's storylines that start and never finish, and then all of a sudden, you get to the f- last bit of the last episode of the series, and you're like, and the writers are just like, well, fuck this. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself, everyone. Well, so I I wonder how far into production they were when they found out they were canceled. Probably. It's- I think it was like episode seven that they found out. Oh, okay. Well, because I know they knew, they knew they were in trouble while they were filming like seven. Yes. Because a lot of, it's hard to like realize now because with Netflix, a lot of times like they film everything up front. A year then, ago, right. Yeah. And then they release it all in, whole, in full. Network TV, it's a little different. Um, I know dramas tend to film now about two months in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sitcoms like you know the ones that are in front of a studio audience they tend to film like five weeks in advance but at this time like i think cop rock was like about a month ahead of air dates so they had like they like they would be like three episodes ahead of when it was airing like as they were filming episodes so they knew that they were in trouble around like episode five or six and then i guess they got canceled but like a week or two later so my assumption is that they probably found out they got the boot while filming like episode nine or eight or okay i would say nine maybe maybe nine and they had like maybe one or two because this also was an expensive show to do so it's not like uh nbc is like okay yeah no like you get we'll give you three more episodes to to wrap things up they're like no like you get you know you you go until the end of the month you have like you have you have two episodes left go and start clearing out your desks now but you have until the end of the month (laughs) look for employment elsewhere but i wonder if the writers were like okay we do not have enough time to wrap everything up. Do we try to wrap up like two main storylines or do we, or do we just say fuck it? And it really was just a fuck it because that episode, that 11th episode, there are so many plots up in the air and then they just go, okay, we're done. We're out. Because it it felt like majority of the episode was what was written originally. Yeah, It was like, okay, we're going to wrap up some of these storylines because now we're going to focus on like the second half of this season or season two or whatever. I don't know how like TV Wrapping works. up a plot lines, it just felt like a pivot. Like, so we, we talked about earlier Henry Bobby and her husband, uh, yeah. that whole plot line of them going to therapy. And in one session, he realizes that he wants out of the marriage. That, ther- that therapist has done great work. Um <laughs> So I just want anyone to know who does, if you do find yourself in couples therapy, uh, something that this couples therapist says that is absolutely not what it should be. Yes, you are trying to make your relationship work, but you also need to make sure 
you as individuals understand who you are and what you want, and then figure out how that ma- meshes as a relationship. This couple's therapist was like, our number one goal here is just is to make this marriage survive. I'm like, no. No. You you first make sure that the yeah. two people are not toxic and poisonous, and then make sure that they fit together, and then you make the marriage work. I mean, we... Uh... This is want, this is where we have know. to like draw the line between reality and television. Um, I, I'm just saying, you have a platform, you have influence, and I want your <laughs> listeners to know: yes. should they ever go into this and watch? I'm, I'm always wary of any shows that have like therapy involved because some shows handle it really well, and some don't. And also, I just want to say, like, there are also completely bullshit therapists out there. You have to like, right. you have to be wary of the quacks because the quacks fall through the cracks remember that oh uh, that's gonna be a line that's a full <laughs> <a pull> quote <laughs> quote. sometimes the the quacks fall through the cracks uh but something like cop rock where you, you just have like the one of the worst couples therapists and like a toxic marriage i just want people to know when they watch it not to go like oh sure that was that was healthy uh i mean the end result was correct they should not be together but how it went down was super stupid i also love that the inciting incident that made them go to couples therapy was he follows her and hot partner to a motel where they're, for I guess a sting got, or whatever it's called. Yeah, they're like they're going on a sting operation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, we we purposely don't get a lot of information on what they're doing. It's supposed to look like on the outside that they're having that they're affair. going to yeah they they're in full uniform going to a motel to, to bang have, to. On the taxpayer's dime. They are on the clock and they're going to food. And (laughs) he follows them and bursts in with a little gun, sees them standing next to a bed where there's a dead body. In full uniform, no clothes are off or anything. Also the most, like, it's so bonkers because he comes in and he doesn't even come, like, angry. He comes in just sort of, like, politely, I have a gun, looks at the situation and basically is, like, excuses himself. And then she walks out and both of them are like, the fuck was that? And he goes, I don't know. I made a mistake. I was, I, he's like, I, I was wrong, sorry, wrong room, essentially. And her response, instead of being like, you are off the handle. I need to leave you. She's like, come to couples therapy with me. I'm like, bitch, he stor- He didn't even storm in. He politely came into a motel room with a gun. He was gonna shoot you. And right. when he was mistaken, he wasn't like, oh shit, I went off the deep end. He was like, oh, I was mistaken. I thought you were going to be fucking. It feels like, though, that starts when she gets shot and um, the hot partner visits her in the hospital. Yeah. Does he sing a song or is that? I forgot. The show is slowly leaving my memory as it is the world. Well, yeah. So this show is to me as well. It's almost famous was the musical. Oh, I'm sure you didn't see. Flash you're in the a, pan. Nope, didn't see it. You're you're a working girl, and your <laughs> your schedule went against Almost Famous. But I saw Almost Famous in December, the day before they announced they were closing. Oh, good. Yeah, and I don't I I don't mean to be cunty, but here we are. I saw it with my friend Patrick, and intermission rolls around, and like the show is not actively bad, but we turned to each other and we both said, "I'm forgetting this show as I'm watching it." And that's sort of kind of like cop rock to me because for all the numbers that are insane, all the plot lines are boring. Most of the acting is boring. And so like I'm watching an episode and every time a musical number happens, I'm like, Jesus, titty fucking Christ. 
But then the number ends and it goes back into a book scene. And I'm like, I'm forgetting you. <laughs> like girl they, they they have the the they have uh officer marinara's former partner his black partner dealing with racism and you know the ku klux, ku klux klan uh burning okay front door and and the kids going i'm scared and the, and the wife basically singing a giant come to jesus power ballad about how racism will not stand and i remember being like you know what weirdly this is a moment that would call for a song although how it's being done i i think is amateur but then it ended and i was completely forgot about it which should so, not happen. question yes sir do you think the white cops are the ones that did that because i had a theory that that was going to be because like snitches get stitches and all that i think the show is too pro cop for that to happen <sighs> i would love that and they they do they do uh, to cop rocks credit the first half of the season when we recorded part one and I was a younger, thinner man, I thought that the show wanted to touch on some stuff that it just did not have the vocabulary to handle. Uh-huh. But in the second half, I think the show has more vocabulary than I gave it credit for. Still not enough, but more. And I give them a lot of credit for going into racism in police force and uh, toxic allyship and just like performative allyship and all this stuff and, and cynicism of uh media you know presentation that said overall i still think that the show is pro cop so someone like officer marinero when he's going through his whole trial and we have the the press coming in which by the way snap click snap click honey (laughs) great callback yes that yes. if ever there was if ever there was a if ever there was a Diana reference, it is this show. And it's <laughs> when Officer Marinara is coming out of like part one of his trial and the press is all like snap click, snap click, are you racist? And <laughs> that is <laughs> that is the media song in cop rock. So with, but also it has it's the most vocally powerful because it's all just people who left Broadway to go to LA to book a pilot, and they're all in this ensemble number and they're singing their tits off. The men too. And like, you know what? This song is weird. This moment is garbage. But these vocals are dynamic. It's Carrie the musical. Is, I'm so happy you finished it because, like, that's what I, she said. I, I yes, she did say that. Um, I I was trying to defend it in a way because, like, I, last time I've like obviously I've seen all of it, so like I know that there was more and they did more, but like. I agree with you that they don't have the right vocabulary, whether musically or like literally what to say, because like they are tackling issues that they just skirt around in a way. They're like, we're going to talk about this, but not really. Ooh, look, Officer Marinara. (laughs) Again, it's it's the conflict of it ultimately being a pro cop show. So it can't, it cannot go deep and too deep into the toxicity of, police forces right and how training training goes the show kind of wants to go with the concept of bad apples like there are just some bad apples but it does imply that it is a system it's a systemic thing but they don't they don't really address it too hard the other reason why they can't do that is what i call jagged little pill syndrome where if you anyone who saw jagged little pill on broadway and if you did i'm sorry that show tried to cover everything and I mean yeah. everything. And so we had 9 million plot lines and none of them 
were addressed in depth enough to do it any justice. So it actually just became insulting because it was like, oh, we're going to talk about rape culture, but only for 10 minutes. We're going to talk about uh, trans people, but only for 10 minutes and and addiction for 10 minutes and trauma for 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and this show, the- this show did the same exact thing. Exactly. A million plot lines and and none of them were given enough time to actually go deep to, into anything. Rather, so like rather than what so like what a good drama show does, like if you were if the good wife in its best seasons has like three main plot lines for the season, like the big ones. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is those plot lines will get major attention most of the time. Uh, and if and so like if uh, Juliana Margulies' plot line usually is like the A plot line for every episode and they'll try to find a way to get the B plot line to weave into the A plot line. So if she and her husband are having problems, his political campaign is woven into those marital problems. So there's some overlap. And then, uh, you know, there's a C plot line and if they can move that in. And then, of course, there's like the episodic plot lines. And some of the three main plot lines, like sometimes they'll take a little time off for an episode or two to focus on B or C to give that more depth. And then we'll go right back to the plot line A. But it doesn't feel like you're being shortchanged because they all get their moment in the sun every like every two episodes. And also, um, now I'm bringing it, I'm, my mind is all over the place. You want to know Cop why? Rock. Well, you know, no, I'm going, I'm coming back to Cop Rock with this. But so like um, Friends, the TV show Friends, right? Yes. It's like six main characters. And usually there are three plot lines for every episode, sometimes just two. The best plots on Friends find ways to incorporate all of them. So, like, the episode that I talk about is not only the best episode of Friends, but one of the best episodes of comedic television, in my opinion, is season five, the one where everybody finds out. And it's Yes, I was just thinking that when you said that, because that's the one that, um, that's the one where Joey starts with the, the, have you ever, I've been on a trip or whatever. No, no, no. It's um, story. No, it's the one. No, oh no, that's that's the one with the with the who came on to who with Ross and Rachel, which also includes everybody. That's another brilliant episode. That season. That's uh, a, okay. So season five, it's um Monica and oh, sleeping together, and only Joey really knows. Rachel kind of knows, but she hasn't actually been told. Yeah, the, my so eyes, my eyes. Yes, this yeah, exactly. My eyes, my eyes. Yeah. So it's two plot lines essentially. It's Ross trying to get ugly naked guy's apartment and phoebe rachel and joey trying to get monica and chandler to admit that they're hooking up <laughs> and and they're connected because what they realize what only phoebe and rachel realize is that while the entire time they could see ugly naked guy no one ever clocked the fact that he could see them as well it's you know that adage if you can see the audience they can see you too right and so when they're in ugly naked guy's apartment while uh, ross is checking it out to see if he can get uh get it they see Monica and Chandler hooking up. No one else realizes this. And so the rest of the episode, Ross's whole apartment plot line is like very low B plot line. Well, it's all just Monica Chandler. Um, but it involves five of the six friends. So we so it's economic storytelling. We have two plot lines. One involves five of the friends. And the way they bring it back around is they're like, well, now everybody knows. Everyone finds out except for Ross. We have to wait to tell him. And then the final scene is Ross gets the apartment and he looks through the window and he sees Chandler and Monica hooking up. And that's how it ends. That is really brilliant economic storytelling, and it involves everyone. And you're because it involves everyone, you have time to breathe for uh, details for minutia. Cop rock, there's no overlap. All the plot lines are completely separate. Like, I think though, the captain is the only one that has the overlap. 
but, but what I mean is like nothing that happens with the mayor really overlaps with any of the cops. Nothing right. that happens with the marriage plotline really happens with any of the cops other than her partner. Um, he doesn't and the really captain have... deals yeah, with it. Like, like, well, the captain just sort of pops in to be like to have opinions. He's not. Mm. He doesn't really have anything that connects anything. Marinara's plotline has nothing to do with anybody else. Sometimes people have opinions on it, but like the plotlines don't mesh. So we just constantly go back and forth from like five different plot lines and they each get like four minutes or like Marinara's fucking plot line with his lawyer who by the way literally he says I think he says the lines I want to put a baby inside you or like I want to get you pregnant something like that not I want to have a child not I want to make a baby with you it's like I want to put a baby in you and I remember having to rewind it like three times because I couldn't believe those words were said I think I blacked that out it's when he's, they're about to get the verdict and he's pretty sure he's going to jail. And she says to him, because the, he get, he's deemed not guilty at the end of the 10th episode. He has a full episode back on the force. Right, because he comes back and all the cops are congratulatory except for his former partner where he's yeah. like, I don't know how I feel about you because my life is now ruined because of you. And also like, I, and also I'm not entirely convinced you understand what it is you did wrong. And like what the, why race was brought into it. Like that's because that's something Marinara keeps saying is like, I just see good and bad. And he's like, you, how can you not understand? Like what, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the chief of police, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic, sexist, and just no one, every ist, every ist. And yet the mayor's like, She's I like, still I love him. He's yeah, definitely good. I still want to go to bed with you, baby. I, I lo- like. We don't always agree, but I love how free spirited your mind is. I'm like, no, he's a bigot, a big yes. old bigot. Yes, yeah, and that like, that's that's a weird buildup because like when we're first introduced to the chief in episode one, he he is sexist, but like also he he has it feels like he has some reasoning to hate the mayor. Besides yeah. the fact that she's, he finds her ugly. It's like, no, yeah. she's, she's like cutting budgets or whatever. I, I can't remember what exactly well, it was. She, she's corrupt. The first episode, she accepts a payoff. So we, are, we are made to understand that she is corrupt. And then they abandon that. Uh, and they start making her kinder now that she's hotter. Uh, right. But, but then they make him everything you know oh absolutely yeah sexist racist homophobic blah 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 blah, 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 he did take her virginity but also i'm like girl no dick is that good no dick is that good no dick especially especially if it's your first dick like you have nothing to compare it to i cannot stress enough sweetie there are other dicks in the sea and also you're the mayor of los angeles and you're a sensible eight out of ten and you have power you have intelligence you might possibly become a senator your campaign sucks but And we know you're already corrupt, so you may as well use the funds to buy hookers or whatever. Yeah! Like, go... Don't tell me you had the best tiramisu when it's the first tiramisu you've ever had. At least go to (laughs) Italy to try it. (laughs) Don't go around the corner to the Polish bakery. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my god. I do she needs to confide in her gay associate. She'd be like, what do I do? And he's like, girl, get dicked down by at least two other guys. Right. Right. And and you know your little gay assistant can hook you up with that. He made he got your fucking boyfriend a leather the saddle. Saddle. Saddle for a horse that that your boyfriend loved. And you should be like, oh, my butt fucking assistant got you that. Do you like the gays now, bitch? Because my butt fucking assistant is into cowboys. 
we're all into cowboys no but like doesn't he leave one scene and he's dressed like in a cowboy outfit yeah, he's like or... going to a rodeo or something like that he's going to a gay party rodeo whatever I don't know. he's going to flaming saddles this 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 predates broke back mountain cowboys weren't sad yet <laughs> um oh god i don't even know what else to talk like so we finish officer marinara's verdict did you i mean part of me was like he's gonna be not guilty he's gonna be innocent yeah, the whole yeah, yeah he's gonna be innocent. especially after loretta divine sings her song it's like well here we go um it's it's where here we are and i i'm so glad that we have video professional video of loretta divine in good voice because that woman used to have the most incredible high belt ever yeah and like and as we discussed last time they recorded live yeah so that's it's not like she's in a studio and they like tweaked it or whatever no no she recorded that on set and then she recorded that on set she's the original laurel and dream girls all those high harmonies you hear in the original dream girls that's just all loretta that is just her and like full on chest too she is not mixing she is not head voicing she is fully belting all the high harmonies in dream girls we stand a queen and i'm nominated either i don't know why and i'm so happy that she's like the last guest star Mm -hmm. that that like i no, I mean I don't know who the lady in the glitter mumu is. If she's any, I don't think she's anybody. I don't think she's anybody. But like Loretta Divine as the last well-known singer vocalist as the guest star who gets a song. I'm like, yes, you did something right, Cop Rock. You did some things right, Cop Rock, by Listen, casting her. <laughs> a broken a broken clock is right two times a day, <laughs> and sometimes straight people actually are allies. <laughs> and then there's Loretta Divine, which is, I mean, it's in her name. She is divine. She's absolutely divine. She's a gift from from heaven and everything. I'm looking at the the song titles again. Okay, so I also talked to you about Bumpity Bumpity last time. Bumpity Bumpity. Remind me which one that one was. That's the one where, uh, okay, so Vicky Quinn and Hot uh, Partner are broken yes, up yes, yes, yes. oh okay yes okay so first of all okay and and hot partner has to get a new partner yeah break up a fight at a fast food joint and then she sexually harasses him because it turns her on yes um that partner by the way have you ever watched the tv show popular yes yes she's a, she's a character actress like i've seen her in other things too you know she's been around but she played miss man on popular and that's it so that's how i i I recognized her. But yes, she has a big old uh, Paris Makes Me Horny, which is a song from the musical Victor Victoria, where she just fully, fully sexually harasses a hot mm-hmm. officer. I mean, I get it. If I'm I'm horny and I'm next to a cute guy in uniform, like, I'm, I'm getting a little wet. But also, like, I can keep my hands to myself. I'm a human being, not an animal. And also, you're on the clock. They're all on the... First of all, they're I mean, all I, they shouldn't be doing on the clock. Yeah, and, we, and let's and let's also be real. Like, who hasn't done something naughty on the clock before? It's what helps make it hot. But <laughs> she's also doing it in broad daylight on top of the cop car where people can see. Like, it, yeah, at least have the decency to do it inside the car. Yeah, give him give him a, a little handy while driving or something. Yeah, why not? He deserves it. He works hard. Yeah, 
He's hot. You're hot. She's hot too. I'm not gonna lie. She's got really good hair. When she lets her hair down, I was like, oh, look at you with that blowout. (laughs) Whipping it back and forth before Willow Smith. I know. Willow Smith wishes. When that happened, I was just like, another issue that you're only gonna talk about in a song and then forget about it in three seconds. (laughs) Well, I don't think it was meant to be about sexual harassment. I think it's just meant to be a comedy number. But Oh, really? I I thought of it as like as as like well because this is before disclosure which is a, fi- a f- movie in the 90s about how oh yeah Snyder? i know no. demi more claims Demi more sexually harasses somebody demi in the Moore workspace sexually harasses michael douglas and then he rejects her turns the tables and claims that he sexually harassed her um yes which yeah it's a movie that has not aged well uh because of no. that dynamic the the thing is the, if you watch the movie, and it's not a very good movie, it's pretty 90s bonkery, but the like the whole conspiracy behind it is that all of this is being done to cover up like something shadier that the company that they work for is doing at large. Like she she does it not because he rejected her, but because she's part of the higher ups and they're trying to cover something else up. So this is to distract everyone else. And he, and but like Michael Douglas cracks the code. So like but I feel, I feel like this is what they may have wanted to do. Which is like, talk about that uh, men could be sexually harassed. Do, but like, do they talk about it much after the number happens? I don't remember being discussed again. That that's But like, that's the issue with the show. They they bring up something via song. Like um, earlier in the se- in this season, there's that um, domestic abuse happening. Or um, yep. with a couple, with this random couple that we never see again. They yeah. get a song. Talking about like how, you know, I still love you even though you beat the shit out of me. And then domestic abuse is never talked about again. So I feel like this is another issue where it's like, oh, men could be sexually harassed too. And we're not going to talk about it. But like, if Cop Rock were a better show, the cases of the week would filter into the private lives of the cops working on the cases, much like The Good Wife when they're working on certain law cases. And sometimes they have parallels to what's going on in Felicia's life. And Cop Rock is just like, no, these are just like things they do every day. Domestic violence one day, rape another. The final episode also like introduces a rape case that gets solved very quickly. Uh, and by accident too. They pull a guy over for speeding or whatever, bring him in because he's like- Right. Bring him in because he's being difficult. And then they're going to release him because they technically shouldn't have arrested him to begin with. And then he just so happens to be the guy- who's been raping college women like all over Los Angeles. And then they also like it mirrors the first episode in a way where they do an illegal search and seizure, which is how officer Marinera's uh, crew breaks into that guy's house that he ends up shooting. Yeah. So like, you're like, Oh no, history repeats itself in a way, but like it, that's that also, that's also not the case. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Cop Rock is thinking those big questions. I think Cop Rock is just like a glass onion. Like the movie Glass Onion. It seems, <laughs> complex, and, it seems complex and layered, but it's see-through. There's nothing there. And stupid. <laughs> and stupid. Miles Braun is an idiot. <laughs> um, idiot. It's not a word. Sounds like a word, but it isn't a word. <laughs> this This show is wild. And like... I'm wild and boring, John. 
it, wild and boring, but like also I'm kind of happy it happened because then out of it, years later, like love it or hate it, we get Glee, but then we also get Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and then we get yeah. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So we get these other shows that explore how do you make a musical TV show work? Yes. Um, I don't necessarily think that Cop Rock inspired any of those shows so much as because because it failed so horribly and so expensively because we also mm-hmm. then, we also get smash but because oh and so how could i forget the impetus of this podcast smash crash but because of that i don't think doing a musical tv show is on anybody's mind and if it was i feel like this was sort of the immediate calling card punching bag of like oh i have this idea for a musical series nope they tried it with cop rock can't work and Great. Right. Well, I, I sorry to interrupt you. I I've been listening to um, Jenna Oshkowitz's and Kevin McHale's new podcast, and that's what you really missed, where they uh, are going through Glee, but also talking with people who worked on the show yeah. about their time and then post life Glee everything. And Ryan Murphy does bring up Cop Rock and talks about like how everyone was hesitant to do a musical but then they just did it and like like the difference though between glee and cop rock and other musical based shows is that glee all of glee's or majority of glee's musical numbers are performative and also very rarely do they break out into song they're also all covers too um right so they don't it's it's expensive because of like copywriting but it's not it's easier to just find a song to do than to like hire writers every week to write songs that come out of the story. And yes, like Glee also, from what I understand would eventually kind of like play fast and loose with the rules of how songs work, but more majority. Obviously. Yeah. They're like, Oh, the title only works with this. And you're like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. Also Glee for Ryan Murphy, no matter what he claims was a successful showrunner by the time Glee happened, which to be fair, so is Steven Bochco. But, you know, Ryan Murphy, he had some success with Popular. It didn't go as great as they wanted it to, but it, it did do well for one season. Uh, uh, Nip Tuck was very popular. Yes. And he had so, that. yeah, he, had, he was really riding with Nip Tuck. And then he had a couple of movies that didn't do well, but still, like, a lot of celebrity connections. And so with Glee, he was able to make the pilot, which, despite how messy and awful that I find Glee to be, I maintain that that pilot is pretty fucking phenomenal. Unfortunately, I think the rest of the show does not ever match it, but it is it is a phenomenal pilot. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend also does original songs, but they are very specific about uh, how the songs are used. And also Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Glee are comedies for the most part, whereas P- Cop Rock is not. So the songs are funny accidentally because it takes right. itself so seriously, whereas Glee and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend have a lot of fun with musicals. Because they allow it to be light, uh, which I think helps a great deal. I've never seen Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, but I understand it's fun. It's f- similar where they're having fun. Um, it they liter- they literally follow the rule of like you know um, if of a musical like y- y- if you don't have the words to say it, you just sing it, and it's all yeah. covers. And they call them heart songs and everything. So yeah, blah blah blah. But um, did you watch the special features on the DVDs of Cop Rock? No, because okay. I, I, John, 
I really, I, you I were just like white knuckling it, right? <laughs> I have to plow through the rest of the episodes. It was, and I thought about special features, and I went, I really don't think I can. So Anne Bobby does talk about how they filmed an episode uh-huh. and everything, and it's very similar uh, to what would be eventually become Glee's schedule, which is like basically if you're not filming, you're learning music or um, in some cases, choreo as well. And mm-hmm. so like these people would constantly be working. And I, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate, I really appreciate the work that was put into it because like these actors working their butts off, earning that paycheck. It felt mm-hmm. like um, the, the, the songwriters tried. Yeah. No, we talked about this in, in the last episode. Nobody half-assed their job. It's yeah, no. just that a lot of the people behind the scenes don't understand what make musicals work. That's I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, part of the reason why Glee, I feel like, just kind of went up in flames. It maintained for a long time because, A, they would cover songs that a lot of people knew and loved, and they had very talented singers doing it. Uh, and also, like, Ryan Murphy and his writers are bonkers human beings, so they would just come up with plot lines that were insane. And mm-hmm. they would have dialogue that was foul. But, like, not actually, in my opinion, the best storytellers, and especially not understanding what makes musicals work. Rachel Bloom fully understands how musicals work and understands how musicals work on film. And there are no major emotional moments in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that are covered through music that are big they're more the, anything that's like sad or despondent are softer, quieter moments, which I think is what makes uh, the drama in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend work so well. If Crazy Ex-Girlfriend had the taste of cop rock, the episode where Rachel tries to end her life on the plane by overdosing would have been a musical number on cop rock. They would have made that a big power ballad, like what's her face singing when she sells her crack baby. But they, but Rachel Bloom and the team of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend understand when moments shouldn't be sung. When it's actually, you are undermining the uh, potency of the drama and you are underselling the importance of music. And it it feels like Cop Rock tried to follow the same outline where it's like five songs per, per episode. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. Meanwhile, these later shows that we were talking about are like, you get maybe one song, an episode, Yeah, when it's important, when it's justified. Whereas Cop Rock, yeah, it's like, it has to be between three and five. And it's just sort of wherever you can, you know, get an idea to put a song. Not if that's a moment that sings, just, I don't know, like, here's the script this week. Where can you find a song? Let's put a song in a lineup. Let's yeah. let's make the homeless sing this We Are the World anthem. Uh let's have I I got to say though and this uh I really did appreciate this this song that what is it called? Let's be careful out there. It's wild. That singer was amazing though. The singers are all amazing or most of the singers are amazing. Uh it's just yeah, it's just songs that you go why is that here? It felt like a lot of these songs were Bruce Springsteen style songs. Sure. And I was just like, or playing into hip hop when it's a, a black person singing it. Cause 
that's yeah. what the show is and then that that and bobby song the uh why can't men be more like women or whatever which is oh, yeah i mean hey we love we love the soloists in that but and it was just very for a for a moment where oh, she's really ticked off because her husband is the worst <laughs> and, <laughs> he and is. he's though he's the literal worst he's a gaslighting asshole and ba- like blames her for his paranoia and yes. I, yes. the show like eventually she ad- kind of admits that like yes she has feelings for her partner but like the important thing is that she's never acted on them and she's never done anything to encourage her partner it's just like i can't control that i have feelings for him but i also love you and like i keep making the choice to not do anything because i love you because my love for you is stronger than any feelings i have for him um but he's like i knew you had feelings you were lying to me it's like so fucking what the the right. The important thing is that you've been wrong about everything else and you are bla- and you've blamed her for the destruction of your marriage and then and like she's trying to do the noble thing and move out and uh, I I just I hate him. I hate that husband so much. They try to make him seem like the sad sack. He's actually a good guy. He's just, you know, whatever. He's he's his um dis- he's got discomfort in his marriage. Like no, he's he is the as worst. toxic as any man in this world. He's like Albion white lotus who's like i'm a nice guy and like you use that to get pussy and you need to like shut the fuck up and actually work on being a good person and an ally because otherwise you're just using it to justify your bullshit which is what Aunt bobby said like i want Aunt bobby to leave her husband so she can go with hot cop who actually listens to her and respects her as a person for the most part sometimes he makes inappropriate sex jokes but to be fair she has no sense of humor whatsoever so even if he made an okay joke she wouldn't get it but that's neither here nor there and and also this is written by all men. I, all, I, men. all men. So obviously it's surprising though that like no, wait, no. It's not surprising that they make the husband try to be sympathetic and the woman crazy because it's written by all men. I don't th- I'm not sure if they try to make her crazy. They just try to I mean, they make her sort of nothing. Or at least that's how kind of mm-hmm. Aunt Bobby plays her. She's just sort of a blank slate who's just constantly saying nothing's happening i don't care about him i love you and i I don't know if they're trying to play with our empathy and be like you want to feel sorry for him but he is being crazy or it's like something is going on but nothing he's done has been good nothing he said has been endearing so i just want to put his head through a wall and end the fucking plot line (laughs) let's go back to marinara trying to impregnate his lawyer why not it's crazy but it's something and I'm still very upset that they did not have a duet because I thought it would have been hot to have like, we're about to have sex duet or we're having sex duet. Oh, have you ever watched that? We're having sex duet. I, I didn't even know if that's a real thing. I was just saying like, like, you know, they're, well, they like, sex- second half of, the second half of dead girl walking is a, we're having, we're currently having sex duet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's oh, literally yes. a high note that is written to be the moment of insertion in dead girl walking. I did. Hello again. Yeah, no, a lot of fucking in that show. There's a people do before. Well, that is the whole point of it. They're having sex, <laughs> or like they're uh, like in the movie. Jenna Ushkowitz sings an orgasm. She do, she do, she do. A lot of the songs in Hello Again, they it's all like, during. There's a moment for the sex to happen. What's not usually during singing, but yeah, Jenna Ushkowitz's high note is orgasm, and then there's the number where Rumor Willis is blowing the college student. 
I mean, we're talking about the movie cast. We could also talk about the original cast, which is like Carly, Carmelo, Donna Murphy, and all those fabulous people. But uh, yeah, none of them were pop rock. But like, I was just waiting for the lawyer and Officer Marinero to have a duet because yeah. like, that's when you should have had a song. You know, be like, hey, write us a song of them fucking. And yet, here we stand. No and songs. Here we stand. I'm still. I, I I've got blue balls waiting for it. Uh, We've got a song about losing weight. We've got a song about being a horny woman who sexually harasses. We've got a song about uh, how racism will not stand. About how a child, about a BIPOC child, has been slaughtered in the street. But no songs about fucking. Maybe if we got a twelfth episode, there'd be that. That song about the child that was murdered was heartbreaking. They do have, and like some of these songs are on the nose. Like uh, not on the nose. They're they're right tonally like you know um that one there's a few other ones that i was just like oh i get it um that was a moment where i went this is the right moment for a song mm -hmm. i don't like the song and i don't like how you're filming it but this is the moment you've i'm gonna call you dr jekyll because this is the moment this song i'm going to mention is like a thousand percent like cops are good and that's heroes all where they sing for those people who were wounded in the line of duty yeah and I was like, okay, this is a good song moment. Like, I agree with this moment. That's where I end with my agreement. <laughs> that's 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 where we stand with that moment anyway. Yes, I just um, wanted I wanted to shout that song out because like it was it was kind of powerful. Be like, oh, okay, yes, these are humans that do put their lives at risk every day for for a paycheck, yeah. basically. And like, um, yeah yes yeah absolutely. that's where i'm ending with that thought uh do you have anything else matt you want to talk about before we get to sharp and flat no that's it <laughs> i think we did it okay let's get and let's get to sharp and flat everyone Woo! Sharp flat. so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about them in the last two episodes because i didn't do mine last time hooray i'm doing it this time Woo! And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. Um, do you want to go first? Let's go back and forth. Okay. I'll start with my sharps. Okay. I wrote down... And after after all of our conversations, I'm, I'm questioning myself, but I'm still going to say it. My first sharp is they try to make serious situations as a musical. Uh-huh. I mean, they failed a lot, but like... I'm giving them credit for trying. I'm not going to lie. I think I said this last time too. I would love to see them take a stab at this again. If with the right writers though. Maybe. But like, I mean, as a topic, you know, do Law and Order the musical, but like not a parody. Crazier things have happened and worked. So I'm not going to say no, but I will say I don't personally see it. But, you know, sometimes we got to get dick slapped a few more times before we walk away. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like if you just try, just somebody try it. Try um, it. So I also that. I want to sharp the mayor. Okay. I, Who, by the way, was married to Stephen Bochco. I found out. Oh, okay. Yeah. She. I mean, she was great in her scenes. I yeah. liked her singing she, she's voice. She's a wonderful actress, and was and nominated for like five Emmys for uh, Hill Street Blues, which she also created. But so I don't think that this was sort of like full nepotism, so much as like they they were married, they worked together you know he respected her as an actress so he wrote a role for her granted she didn't play vicky quinn she's like a secondary character yeah it feels well, like not much of a singer so she couldn't really play the like female lead that sings all the time got it 
Okay, so I liked the idea of where the local color as a lineup song, uh-huh. but like I again, they failed in the execution because I feel like a lineup song would be it's fun, yeah, and like and like a moment of levity in a serious, you, you, yeah. You're not buying anything I'm saying right now. Your sharps, babe. They're your sharps. Um, I also want to sharp the. Uh, I found. I looked him up. His name is Mike Finnegan. He's the singer of "Let's Be Careful Out There." Uh-huh. This is really his only credit on IMDb. I don't know if he's a actual singer or if he's a theater person. So, um, okay. So some of my sharps. Uh, yes. Vocals. Overall, really strong vocals in this show. Yes. Mayer is a good actress. Thirsting after three different actors in this show. Despite him being a dick, I do thirst for Marinara. Uh, I've, I mean, I thirsted for him in his one episode of Sex and the City. He also has, he, there's a movie he's in that I thirsted for him on. I mean, he's a dick, but he's got that Italian energy, baby. He's uh, also not a bad singer. No, he's not. And he's. He, I think he's actually a pretty good actor. He has bonkers material, and I think a lot of people on the show are directed poorly. So it's more about looking at how they navigate all of that, and I think he's able to keep his head above water. Uh, hot officer partner, the one who gets sexually harassed. I, I thirst for him as well. He's got a nice thick head of hair. And then um, actor from Fame, the redhead who boinks Gina yes. Gershon. I thirst for him too. Uh, those three gentlemen, uh, come see me sometime. So thirsting for those three, the vocals... And uh, I'm going to actually sharp, speaking of marinara, throwing spaghetti at the wall of a putting trying a song in any given moment. The spaghetti never stuck. Not once. Not ever. But I appreciate that just because it never stuck, they didn't stop throwing it. I also want to sharp Trish, the female lawyer. I, you know what? Actually, you want to you know what I, what I sharp her for? When, Mar- when she starts doing hand stuff on marinara in that bar. And he says, so let's get out of here, being like, so let's go fuck in, like, in an actual bedroom. And then she goes, let's not. And I'm like, ooh, she's going to give him a handy J in the bar. I also, well, I sharped her for being awesome. She's an awesome character. Yeah. One of the, the only female character that is, like, really strong and um, doesn't want to back down. For sure. But also that scene where she rejects Gaines hot cop. Yeah. I think I gave her a standing ovation. She doesn't know. It's not the hot cop. He's like the, isn't he? He's one of the annoying cops. Oh no. He's the, he's, he's the, he's the good singer cop. Yeah. That is, that tries to end homelessness. Yeah. That's right. I think, yeah. Cause he hits on her and she says no. And then he's like trying to work another way around. And she basically just says flat out. I'm not interested in you. Not one bit. I also love it. He's when, when he's first trying to talk, and she said, "I'm sorry, I wasn't listening." She That's makes it very so clear that he matters not one bit to her, and and she's and she just says flat out in a way that like people who either give no shits or have no filter just say very matter of factly. She's like, "No, not interested. Don't find you attractive. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to." Goodbye. I've also got a couple of performances I want to sharp. Uh, I want to sharp. You're the one. Fuck, I don't remember any of these songs, and I don't remember what. Oh, you're the one was in the first episode. I think that's the one that the uh, what's his name, Vicky Quinn's husband sings. It was a it, it was a nice song at the time. Is it, the, is it the first song he sings where he's like? I she think it was. Me. Yes, 
I wrote down Perfection, which is in episode three. I don't remember it, but apparently it's oh, that's the that's the surgery song. Yeah, that that's oh. the that's the that's the sur- the uh, surgery, surgery. Yeah, where they where they where they tell the mayor all the things they can do to her. Oh, love so it, good. love it so much. Eyes, hair, and mouth figure. How to Love a Woman and the introduction of the backup singers, because I believe that's the one that they the... referenced that in the finale. You had that song about loving women. Yes. Why can't a man be more like a woman? It's weird, but I, I, I don't know. I, I like, I like Vicky Quinn's. I like Ann Bobby's voice. Um, and then for the record, because, because. Click. Uh, do you have any other sharps for the for the series? Um, I want a sharp Angela Lansbury getting dicked down by the dad from Ann Bobby's. I want a sharp. <laughs> I want a sharp Disney for saying no one's going to notice the similarities. I want a sharp the Sherman Brothers for saying, what if we take our charts from Mary Poppins and tweak it slightly? No one's Matt, ever, no Matt, one's if you notice because what's a mashup? Matt, if you wanted to do if you want to do Bedknobs and Broomsticks as its own episode, we could do that. But I like Cop I Rock. Mean, I, that, I have, but we can but we're I'm doing a thing. Okay. Well, I'll announce it, it yeah. again later. But we're doing a thing. Uh but for Cop Rock, what are your what any other sharps okay for cop rock i want to sharp how nobody is angela lansbury in cop rock okay honestly honestly that's really that's all i can think of um i mean some fun guest stars who we know later on in life like gina gershon or the mom from gilmore girls or uh cheryl uh is it cheryl crow cheryl crow i think has like a minor spot in the final episode or maybe it's shania twain no it's cheryl crow Really, I didn't even pick yeah, up on her. Like, yeah, she. I think she oh, was she one of the victims. Sorority sisters who's like, we're gonna get that rapist. Yeah. Okay. Um. So every once in a while in this section, I have what I call a natural. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but like, we still need to talk about it. And I have a few of them. Um. One of my naturals is the songs in universe. So like, they break out into song, right? But then all of a sudden like Gaines in the car is singing Motown songs or like they have a song on the radio. And I'm like, I'm a little, this is a little weird because it's a musical show. And now you're having this other music that, okay. I don't understand the rules. The rules too of this show don't understand what's going on. My natural is a sexual harassment officer. What's your face? Yes. Dang to hot officer. Bring your knob to my bed and stick your broom in me. That is what I. That is what I want to. I also want a natural gains. It felt like they were so close to having like a really good character in yeah. him. But I mean, you could say that about anyone here. But like, he was the one that I was just like, we could follow his story. He could be like the B storyline. Are you just also not going to acknowledge that I brought bed knobs and broomsticks back into the? Conversation? No, I did. I'm just going to ignore it. Um. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to flats, shall we? Sure. Um, I'm going to flat. This is not Ben Knobs and Broomsticks. Uh... <laughs> See? I'm flatting Matt for bringing up Ben Knobs and Broomsticks again. <laughs> uh, no, I want to flat. I'm going to flat the opening credits. Like, I don't get it. I, I, I do it not understand. If they were in the police station, that would be that would make more sense. But because they're in a recording studio and Ann Bobby is where. Oh, Ann Bobby. They had to add extensions in the first episode and then they were like, this doesn't work. And so uh, after that, she had her short hair because she cut it for a play that she was in. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Oh Uh, yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I, I'm flatting that. I'm going to flat her hair in general because as the show continues, her hair gets weird. Like the bangs they, she has with the like triangularness of the hair. It's, she looks weird. Uh, I also want to flat the toxic masculinity and fragile male ego because gaslighting always, always. Um, I'm flatting the chief getting us excited that the mayor is a virgin girl. We didn't need that. We did no. not need that. I'm I gonna, also wrote down episode. I'm going to flat falling in love with the first dick that goes inside you because that is just your hymen talking. That is not actual love. That is not even good sex, my dear. I also flatted episode three, Happy Mother's Day. And I think that's because that's the one where they're like, hey, Mayor, you're ugly. Let's give you a makeover and that's plastic surgery. I think the second episode is where she gets the surgery. Uh, third, ep- think- third episode is where she gets the surgery because that's perfection. Okay. Second, that's a perfection. Is they tell her that she's ugly? or Probably. I don't know. I don't remember. But I, I flatted episode three for a reason and I'm keeping to it um she's told by someone on the polls said she was too ugly to live and i i mean yes people are garbage and and i don't know if they were like trying to like highlight that or not but i want of all things to say and also she's not no one is too ugly to live and also look at her she's not uh, she basically has a mole and and like bad hair that is all that it is um i also flatted songs in episode three except for perfection uh because they were dumb yeah. Um. I also uh, baby merchant. I'm flatting because it's so dumb. <laughs> baby merchant. Uh, no pain, no gain. Because yeah. And then what am I doing here? Ooh, which one was that? Oh, that's where uh he's going through the lockers, gaslighting husbands. Like, what am I doing here? Got why it. am I looking through the lockers? I'm like, yeah. And got so it. Why are you still doing it? I'm gonna flat marriage. I'm going to flat couples therapy that uh, accomplishes nothing. I'm going to flat uh, toxic masculinity, patriarchy. I'm going to flat calling out systemic racism, but not actually delving into it. Just sort of like lightly touching on it. Uh, I'm going to flat songs that do nothing, that mean nothing. I'm going to flat selling babies on the black market. I'm also going to flat... This version of selling babies on the black market, which is honestly a dream scenario of babies being uh, bought from their crack mothers who keep them in crack dens and then sell them to upper middle class people who give them nice homes and not crack. And and the and and Anne Marie Bobby and her hot partner being like, we're doing a good thing here. We're breaking up a baby ring. I'm like, you're breaking up a small business that's doing good for the community. Weirdly, I mean, yes, it's illegal, and yes, like selling babies is an odd. I mean, adoption is kind of that in general. But like, this is basically an underground adoption agency. Let's take babies out of bad homes, put them in decent homes. Yes, he's making a profit off of it. Yes, it's illegal. But I just want. I'm asking you, John, were those babies worse off? from the situation they literally the sting operation they do that child is in a three-bedroom home in the suburbs like what are we doing here so we should send him back to his crack whore mama no yeah you you're right it's basically the like any adoption agency it's just adoption with less paperwork and more money or maybe less money but still Um, profitable uh yeah maybe i don't know it's faster it's 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 a, it's a streamlined thing yeah i i I don't i'm just like the cop rocks version of a baby ring i just don't 
I don't stand because I'm like, you actually, this is a kind of okay scenario where the there's overall good that offsets the illegal activity. I just I had a thought but... for the cop rock reboot that, that I re- I'm gunning for. Um, they keep the baby ring, but it's an app. <laughs> and it's called baby ring. That is it's called baby ring. Yeah. Baby ring. <laughs> Come on. Children's Come on. Book, children's book idea. Baby ring. Don't tell Liz. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But that's also like, again, how the show is pro cop. And and so it's more like 90% of the things these cops do are good. And the 10% they do that aren't good. It's just that like parts in the right place. They don't know like, you know, what it is that they, they that they don't know. It's like the homelessness thing or marinara being racist and shooting someone. But like he did it because overall the guy was bad. It's, it's, it's all. It's all. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Those are my those are my flats. Um, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Nope, not one I, Yeah, I'm gonna say no, because they weren't fun enough to lo- want to listen to on its own. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and Matt, we did it. We, we finished it. Cop Rock. Even we though I, think, I don't think we really talked about Cop Rock this episode, but we did in some ways. We talked about it quite a, a good deal. Well, you were making references left and right to other things, so. Yes, but brought, always brought it back to the rock of cop. <laughs> or or to Angela Lansbury banging the dad from uh, Mary, Poppins. Yeah. Mary Poppins. That was also in Ben Nobs and Broomsticks. Matt! Matt! What would you like to plug or promote? Uh, my podcast, Broadway Breakdown, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're in the middle of recording the second half of this current season. We'll, it'll go, it should, it'll either be up by the time this episode is out or the week after. Um, and if you want to, I don't know if you want to give me money to write, I've, I've pit while doing this, I realize I pitch, um, stories to like create better versions of <laughs> sometimes the garbage stuff that we watch. And mm-hmm. so if you, if you, the listener really want me to do that, I will gladly quit my job and do that, but you you got to pay me first. And if you want to reach out to pay me, if you want to give me money, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, yeah, let's let's reboot Cop Rock, everyone. Yeah, money, please. <laughs> and, if money, you, honey. and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well, we'll be talking about The Wiz. Oh shit! Yeah, the whiz, the whiz. You know, call me Miss Ross. <laughs> I mean, how old are you? Thirty-four. Uh, okay, so about ten years younger than she looks in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I am four years older than she was while filming it. <laughs> yes, but again, cocaine, hell of a drug. Uh, no, I'm sure she was clean, but she she looks forty-five in that film. It's the 70s, baby. Uh, Matt. Also for, for, a, for a musical that's all about whimsy, that movie is heavy. It is lugubrious. Oh, boy. Well, find out to hear what we think about it next time. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on and letting me force you to talk about this garbage thing. We will never have to talk about it again. Sure. Only, in, only in whispers only will we whisper. mention. In back alleys. Hey, you hear about cop rock? <laughs> snap click, snap click, bitch. <laughs> Bye for now, everyone. Bye. 
Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.